1: Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.organicview.com. If you have any questions for our guests, there are many ways you can contact the show. You can post a question on our wall on Facebook, Skype us, Send us a tweet on Twitter, too, at The Organic View, or you can contact me directly at June Stoyer. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at On today's show, award-winning author J.H. Soder is going to talk about his best-selling book, Hattie's in Our Closet, which is based upon a true story about a very unlikely and unexpected friendship. So I would like to welcome to the show, John Soder. Good afternoon, John, and welcome to the show.
2: Hi, June. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
1: John, could you please share with our audience a little bit about yourself and some of the awards that you've received?
2: Sure. I think the thing that's kind of interesting is that I only started writing about five years ago, and uh, that was really right around uh, the time I had a massive heart attack. And when you have one of those things, you Say well, what's on my bucket list? And uh, one, writing was one of them. I always wanted to do it, so I started writing and I started writing about some of my experiences that I've had in my life. And uh, one of the books that I had I had written uh, was Hattie's in Our Closet. Another one was True Tales. But I I've since won about uh, six different national book awards for my books. In fact, Hattie's was featured in London this uh, past year uh, at the uh, book show there. And it was a very, very unexpected uh, situation that happened to me about, oh, I'd say about 25 years ago. And it was one of these things that you just don't expect to occur. But I've continued to write and I've written books about uh, my life, things about my life and things that I've had experiences with, with animals. And I've also written science fiction. But Uh, Hattie was definitely a memorable and just the fascinating experience I never thought would have ever happened to me.
1: Thank you, John. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about Hattie? Who is she, and how did you discover her?
2: Well, for those of us that are my age, (laughs) uh, some people will remember a book, uh, or it was actually a television series called uh, Life with Topper with Leo G. Carroll, and it was about these uh, uh, a ghost that had actually visited him and as a kid i saw this movie and i thought gee that's great but that's all hollywood well uh i had been to a wedding with my wife at the time uh in new orleans and basically what had happened was that we were given a uh a room to stay in a little cottage which turned out to be the slave headquarters in this little uh in this large plantation, because what occurred was that we weren't able to stay in the mansion. Uh, It looked like something out of Disney with the Haunted Castle when we arrived, or the mansion, I should say. And so we went to this little cottage. And when I got to the cottage uh, with my wife, what occurred was that it was all bright and sunshiny and all all that kind of good stuff. And then when I turned on a television the room went to uh, I I don't uh, you could see uh, the uh, frost in the air and it was really amazing because I'd never experienced anything like that Uh, I looked at my wife she looked at me and I turned the tv off and then uh, I turned it back on again and all of a sudden I heard in my mind I said it's a a voice said don't touch that box it's a it's the work of the devil and (laughs) having never had something like that happen to you is a little bit shocking and Although I didn't run out of the house right then with my my wife screaming, uh, all of a sudden I said, well, gee, with my own personal experiences I've had throughout my life, uh, what is going on here? And I realized that I was in contact with a uh, a, a 150-year-old nanny uh, uh, that lived on the plantation, and her name was Hattie. And uh, the story goes on from there. It's a it's a and it's, it's an incredible uh, story. And had I not experienced it personally, and had not the people around me experienced it personally, we never would have believed it.
1: <laughs> it it really is a beautiful story. And what I think is remarkable is the fact that you had a once in a lifetime opportunity to connect with somebody from a different era and explain how the world has changed. Can you share with our audience a little bit about what you felt and also what it was like to explain to someone who was alive during slavery that people of color could be friends, men could be friends with women, have this deeper relationship with someone And it was about the friendship, not about what you looked like, not about your wealth, not about any of these other superficial things.
2: Yes, Uh, it was a it was quite a it was a culture shock (laughs) for her and a reality shock for me. Uh, The story is basically about how she actually followed my family Mm -hmm. and I back to Los Angeles and actually stayed, uh, of all things, in an armoire. You know, Lord knows why. Uh, during the time that she was with us, and she uh, followed me into the, uh, into the city where I worked, and when she saw uh, a, uh, an American girl with an African-American male walking down the street hand-in-hand, in, hand in hand, uh, her comment was, if that would have happened in my mm-hmm. time, the person would have been shot or never be seen again. Uh, and so when she saw cars, it was a fascinating thing. Uh, one of the times when she, I mentioned the sidewalk, she, she was looking to the side and asked, well, where do people walk? So what happened is that conceptually all the things that we talk about uh, in terms of using the words that we used and people that people live in the in the buildings and work in the buildings was just totally unknown to her. In fact, uh <laughs> When we uh, were coming back on the plane, I noticed I all of a sudden had this feeling it was a fairly empty plane that she was following us on the plane. And when the speaker over the voice said, uh, please fasten your, feet, your seatbelt, uh, one of her questions was, is there another dead person in here like me? So it was, uh, it was a very fascinating experience because the realities at that time and the realities of the present time were just completely different.
1: Thank you. John, did Hattie know that she was dead?
2: Well, I think she knew that she was dead. In fact, I think the reason she felt that she was dead, and in fact, um, what happened is that how, she died a pretty violent uh, death from an illness. And uh, when the time, the time that she died, she just thought that her penance was that to walk and, and, and be confined to the plantation where she was at. And uh, nobody could hear her. And because of my gifts I was born with, uh, I just all of a sudden heard her that, that, that fateful day. And now all of a sudden there was this, just this abundance of information and communication because she, she thought that she was never going to be able to talk to anybody. She didn't know what to do. Uh, and she, was, she felt she was stuck there. And obviously she wasn't because she followed us all the way back to Los Angeles. So, uh, but she did. She did get the idea. But I think the point is, is that even in, in in my beliefs, the person, although the body dies, the spirit lives on. And this was really a this was really a testimony to that.
1: How did H- Hattie's life and her just her existence change your life for the better?
2: Well, it really gave me an insight into how people were treated then, how they thought. Uh, what their thinking processes were, uh, what their realities were back then. Because uh, many times when she followed me back into the city and saw different things, I was at the time uh, working as a, a, a graphic artist in a publishing company. She even walked in and uh, or came in, and, and although nobody else could see her and I could hear her, things like uh, different, different words, like... Uh, Uh, in the old days they had, they used the words like stripper (laughs) and she didn't know what that was. And then you've got to really try to explain that concept to them. And a, a stripper is basically a person who works with negatives and pieces them together from which to make the plates and things like that. And so I had this, I had these ongoing mental conversations that were in certain ways very disruptive, but very enlightening because I'd have to be very careful about how I, how I would think because then all of a sudden trying to explain something to her, I would go down a chain of other words and other thoughts and things like this and, and go completely off track of what I was trying to say, which many times was very
1: frustrating. John, could you just talk about Hollywood's version of the spirit world and how they really just distort the realities to the point where it becomes more of a horror story instead of something that truly is beautiful.
2: I think that's I think that's very well put. I think uh, that what happens is that a lot of people are very into the uh, bizarre and the horrific. There's a lot of people out there that love to be scared. They love to think about dead bodies and how terrible they look and how they come chasing after you. Things like this, and so. The sensational is a much more attractive sometimes than actually what's really occurring out there. And I think the other thing is, is that uh, there's always into the idea of conflict and all these different uh, realities of, and script writers are saying, well, this is how it is, when in fact it really isn't. Um, I, I can say that now having personal experience on it. I think, yes, there are probably, as I guess you might call them, spirits or entities that um, have uh, some uh, negative uh, influences and you know, things like poltergeist. There are records of sometimes these things do occur, but there's also the the good side that a lot of times you don't hear about because Hollywood thinks that, well, everybody wants to hear about the bad side and there's, there's two sides to every point. And so I think the big thing is, is that with, uh, with Hattie though, she, uh, she really, uh, was a very sincere and and pretty bright young uh, young gal, if you want to call her a gal, because obviously she didn't have a body at the time. But uh, it, it, it was a whole new experience for both of us trying to understand the process that she was going through and then actually equate it. But a lot of times, coming back to the whole Hollywood thing, it's not... Uh, it's not all what Hollywood mocks it up to be. It's, it's really what one experiences and having had that account, uh, that experience firsthand, it was, uh, it was a totally different thing. And I I can say one for one that uh, they just kind of go off the deep end because it's a script and they want to create, uh, uh, you know, empathy or they want to create fear and all these other types of things when actually there's, there are, there are a, Things out there we all don't understand, but it doesn't mean that Hollywood actually dictates it.
1: (laughs) Very well put, John. What do you hope your readers learn from Hatties in Our Closet?
2: I think the thing that they should learn is that there's nothing to be afraid of. There are a lot of things in our lives that we go through. I mean, goodness gracious, I, uh, I went through my whole life not necessarily I thought, well, gee, that was kind of an interesting thing, or I saw this, or I saw that, and, oh, it would never happen to me. And then when it does, it just changes your reality. It makes you aware that there's a lot of things that we don't necessarily understand. And it's, it's good to have not just an open mind, but it's good to recognize that there are things that are beyond all of us that we don't necessarily understand. And they exist whether we believe them or not. Uh, and I think that uh, it, it really opens you up to a more of an awareness of yourself, uh, your relationship, Uh, Your spiritual relationship with uh, a higher source, uh, call it God, because I call it God, and that uh, it just just adds to life. It actually makes it uh, more fruitful, more abundant because you're able to see things. I mean, children actually see these types of things many times in their life, and so do animals, and there's nothing wrong. But as we get older, we just get a bit tainted. But I think the big thing is to be open to those types of experiences.
1: Thank you, John. It has been wonderful taking a couple of minutes to talk about the book and also your personal experiences. The book itself is one of the best books out there on this subject, and I think it's the first book that I've read where I was able to finally understand what people such as yourself experience, and you wrote details so well. It really allowed me to just step into the whole experience and understand exactly what many of the joys as well as frustrations that you experienced were. John, could you just take a moment and share with our audience your website and also talk about some of your other books?
2: Sure. Um, my website is www.jhsoder.com, and I've written a bunch of different books. I wrote books because I've had some very Uh, enlightening experiences with animals since the age of two. Uh, That was called True Tales. Then I've written some other experiences in my life, uh, which is called uh, Fingers in the Light, because having those sensitivities, it opens you up to a lot of different things. I also have been uh, writing a lot of science fiction books. I have uh, a series that just got released on Kindle and paperback called Element 238. It's a young adult science fiction series. I'm currently working on something because of the situation I experienced with Hattie and just how it worked out. I'm actually working on a book that is, is looked to be turned into a script, uh, and it's called Whitewash Blues. And it's based on a true story of a prison system based in Mississippi and uh, the fact that way back then they actually incarcerated illegally uh, uh, African-American girls at the age of 12. And it's, it's an amazing thing because I've actually been down to parchment and people around there say, oh, that never happened when there's actually photographic evidence and there's all these things that did occur and they just don't want people to know about it. But it's a real true story of what occurred. So I'm actually working on that right now.
1: Well, it sounds very exciting, and I think the work that you're doing is so incredibly important because we really do need storytellers to keep telling people about different experiences and about uh, just different events throughout history. John, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, June. Have a great day.
1: And, folks, thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon, everyone.